The In Focus Up Close with Presbyopia podcast has been sponsored by Allergan and AbbVie Company. The presenters are paid consultants. Hello, everyone. This is April Jasper, Chief Optometric Editor of Optometric Management Magazine. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the In Focus Up Close with Presbyopia podcast series. Today, I'm really excited to have with me Dr. Kriti Bagat of TLC Laser Eye Center in Providence, Rhode Island. Thanks for joining us, Kriti. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited. So I would love for you to tell our audience a little bit more about yourself. All right. So I graduated from the Pennsylvania College of Optometry at Salis University. That's also where I did my cornea and contact lens residency. And I was actually a professor, um, associate professor out there for a few years. And then I moved back closer to home, which is Rhode Island. And now I am working in private practice and at TLC Laser Eye Centers in Providence, Rhode Island. I also am an adjunct faculty member um, and I absolutely love to read. So I also manage my Instagram page, which is called brew.reading. So I kind of manage that page and share my love for it. That is awesome. So you actually, Dr. Bagat, have a kind of an inside way of knowing more about uh, our audience, uh, not just our audience, but our audience's patients than some of us because of that connection you have with them. So that's really good. And maybe you'll have some insights for us based on that too. In today's podcast, we're gonna talk about the importance of public awareness in conversations with patients, and specifically, obviously, about presbyopia and what practitioners can do to prepare for this conversation. So as we get started, let's, let's go with the first question, really, that I wanna uh, touch base with you about, Dr. Bagot, is how much do you feel the public really knows and understands about presbyopia? You know, this is a very interesting question because if you asked me this question a few years ago, I would probably tell you, I don't think the public knows anything about the word presbyopia or what that even entails. But I really think as different organizations have come together and just our profession, we've done a lot. There's been so many initiatives in the past few years to really raise public awareness. I was shocked when recently a cousin of mine actually told me that her doctor told her about the symptoms of presbyopia and what it is. Obviously, she didn't know the word per se, but she was able to tell me what to expect. And she's around the age of 30, 39. So it's, I really do think more of the public knows about changes that are going to happen or that they have happened already. So I think that's been a little bit more because of the initiatives we've taken. Yeah, that's good because it certainly makes it easier and better for patients when they start to experience it. So, you know, you mentioned that you think maybe they, the public is more aware than they have been in the past. How much do you feel it is important that we, as practitioners, try to educate our patients about presbyopia, maybe even before their exam? And if that is important, if you feel like that has any uh, importance to us, then why? Absolutely. Right. It's always easier for us to talk to our patients about something that they're familiar with rather than really opening a new Pandora's box in the room or telling them about a whole new concept that they never even thought you were going to talk to them about. So 
I think it's really important that we educate our patients and it starts with us, um, not only for the professional reasons and the trust that we've built with our patients, but also I think it makes it a familiar concept. Um, I just try to think about things in my own way. Like, you know, it's easier to know just from the years that I'll have gray hair soon or wrinkles. And I think the same way it's easier for patients to know, to expect that they'll have trouble reading up close. And then it makes it an easier conversation when those changes do start. But a lot of times I think for me, at least I start educating patients kind of in their late thirties to let them know, you know, you're not there yet. So it's kind of a positive spin on it. And then when it does happen, you know, we talked about this, so that they know that we did introduce this concept and it's not brand new. I think that makes it easier for patients to adapt to it. It makes me wonder often what their conversations are with their friends when they go to dinner and somebody's wearing glasses and the other one isn't, you know? Sometimes when you overhear those conversations, they can be quite interesting. And you can tell, like you said, the ones whose doctors have educated them ahead of time. So the next question is, how can we educate our patients about presbyopia outside the exam room? Because that's the other thing that I think is very challenging for some of us, many of us, I'll just say me. And I, I think that maybe you could have some ideas or thoughts that would help us with that. So I think that's a hard question because we're so used to our traditional way of seeing our patient and you know talking to them letting them know what we're finding when they're in the exam room but i think taking and accepting a lot of the new technology that we have available to us is really advantageous to us so one of the newer concepts that i've really taken into account in our office is just emails to patients um personal emails without branding or without extra information on there with advertisements, but just letting them know about a concept like presbyopia and, hey, if you are having symptoms of having near vision blur or just frustrated with computer, especially with all the recent changes of most people being on the computer for a longer period of time, I think seeing an email like that helps. Social media is big social media, definitely. That's a great platform to let our patients know, hey, are you having any trouble? For me, with my social media, I do, I talk a lot about reading, right? And so it's interesting because once or twice I've put a question out there about people having trouble reading up close, maybe being in their late 30s. And I'm really shocked at how many people have no idea still about the changes that are, are going to happen. So I think that's big outside of our exam room. So that brings up another question, which is when does that conversation need to start? So, I mean, I think that what you and I are talking about is not just talking to our patients, like we just were saying in the exam room, but really raising public awareness. So if we're concerned about raising public awareness, when should we start the conversation about presbyopia? I would love to say that we should start it as early as we can, but I'm also one of those that believes that if you start a conversation too early, it might be too frightening. Um, I'm an amatrope, and so I will say, now being in my mid-30s, I'm really afraid of presbyopia. <laughs> I feel like I'm not used to glasses, so it's going to be a challenging thing for me to accept. But 
That's also because I've been hearing about presbyopia since I was in my 20s in school. So I think there's a fine line of when to introduce that. Um, I think for me, the best time that I introduce it to a lot of my patients or kind of let them know about these changes is when they're in their mid-30s or late 30s. I think that's a good time to let them know, hey, that you might be experiencing some changes because I think we all know that it's not just, hey, I'm having trouble seeing up close. A lot of it has to do with frustrations, tiredness, headaches, right? There's other symptoms that go along with presbyopia than just mere vision blur. And so I like letting people know to expect these changes. And when they do, just let me know, get, you know, feel free to either call our office early, kind of keeping the doors open for them. So I think that on a personal level from an office perspective is when I like to introduce it. Um, I find it really, I think it's a great thing that we are doing in our profession with a lot of industry. And I've seen industry in our profession come together for this is to raise that awareness through big campaigns. So I'll see it more in magazines now. I see the word presbyopia more, like I've even seen commercials on TV about it, right? So right. I think that really helps too. And it makes it, it gives it a funny concept to it. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It does help us when uh, there are others having the conversation as well. So I, I, I'm hearing you say that the other thing you're sensitive to is how the patient reacts to you beginning the conversation. Have you found that it's easier to have the conversation when you can have a conversation about the fact that there's more than one option? So when you talk to a patient, if they feel like the only thing they're gonna ever be able to do when presbyopia hits is to wear a pair of reading glasses, does that change how they accept it as opposed to you being able to say, you know, there's all these options and then have that conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. So most, I mean, if we look back into the history, we only talked about reading glasses or bifocals. Look at all right. the options that we have nowadays, right? So you can hide those changes. I think that's big. When we look at the beauty industry or even just I mean, I'm going to look at it from my own personal perspective. I don't think it's about beauty, but it's just the convenience of not having to put readers on and off constantly. And with a go, go, go lifestyle where I'm checking my phone and walking at the same time, even though I shouldn't be, but I am. <laughs> and so <laughs> when I'm doing that, I don't want to keep having to flip my readers on and off. And so letting patients know about all the options other than just readers is really exciting. I mean, we have, look at where the technology has gone with progressive glasses, just those that where the optics have gone in the past just five years. Um, nowadays, we don't just have monovision as an option for contact lenses, but we have great multifocal designs that can help patients keep their depth perception. That's big. And then kind of going into even more of the, into the future, we have eye drops that can help them, right? So these are all ways that, A, you can hide that you're having those changes, but not be frustrated and kind of go through denial. But you're also, the other thing is using newer technology so that you're seeing better. So definitely I get excited about talking to patients about this because I know I have more than one option and it's not a one size fit all. Absolutely. You know, I think it's, 
interesting how, like you said, because of the fact that there are more people than just the doctors talking about presbyopia now to patients, sometimes patients actually come in asking questions about products before I know about them. So what do you suggest and how do you make certain that you're aware of what's going on in our world of eye care and new products as much as you can be before and at least by the time it's available to patients? Oh, wow. That's a heavy question. Yeah. Uh, so many changes, right? Um, I feel like when I was a student, we there was one or two magazines, um, journals that you read, and that was it. And nowadays we have so many different options. We have, not only do we have the magazines, we have journals, we have podcasts, online articles. There's so much, and social media pages that we keep up with. And I think that's what I use. So I use kind of all avenues to stay in touch. I'm a huge contact lens fitter. And so I feel like contact in the world of contact lenses, there's so many new contacts coming out. And so I think one of the ways I like to stay in touch with what's the latest is attending meetings. I think that's my favorite way to really stay in touch because then you get to go connect, network, talk to different doctors. But then when COVID hits and you're at home, I think kind of looking at different online articles, um, different magazines and social media pages helps me so that I go and look at the research that kind of guides me to look at that and see what can be helpful for my patients. Absolutely. So we've kind of walked through the public awareness issues and, and when we should start to have conversations. Dr. Bagad, is there anything else that you would like to add to the conversation, something that I haven't thought about uh, to ask you? I think when it comes to just talking to our patients, I know I talked a lot about how I like to initiate conversation in the exam room. But one of the biggest things, like one of the biggest um, resources that I rely on is my staff. My, I, my staff is great at talking to patients about presbyopia because most of my staff is presbyopic. And so it's great lear learning it or hearing it from their perspective. Wow, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I cannot believe I even I forgot about that, but you're right. We talk about the public. They are our best champions to bring up anything in conversation with our patients. And honestly, talk about going out to dinner and, and seeing what people talk about as a, as a group. They're the ones that are in those group conversations. So it's terrible to think that I, as a doctor, could forget to keep my staff, my team members up to date with the latest and greatest. So as we are getting ready to close, tell me how Dr. Bagat, you keep your team members, your staff updated with what's going on. What do you do? What's your system? So I love sharing different magazines and articles with my staff. We have it in the lunchroom. We have the article of the week. And so we'll post that talking to our reps. I love when my staff actually conversates with the um, different reps that come through our office because yeah. it excites them. It keeps them motivated. And so that's my probably biggest way of getting them excited. I love it. Well, Dr. Bagat, you have been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today and spending time with me to talk about this. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here. And thank you so much to our listeners for joining today's podcast. We hope you'll tune back in the future 
for more episodes of the In Focus Up Close with Presbyopia podcast series.